Welcome to Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all, for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. Welcome back. My name is Nikki Ship, and thank you for listening to another episode of Pieces for My Puzzle. I am going to be your puzzle master for today. Last week, we spoke about anxiety and how much it can affect a person on the spectrum. This week, we're going to talk about something called autistic burnout. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, if anyone has heard about this, but this is a newer term to me that I recently discovered, and I thought it was really interesting enough to even share on the podcast. So um, I have seen maybe I want to say some of it in Drayson. However, he's young. Um, He just turned 10. And autistic burnout, to my knowledge, is more common in adults. So this is unfamiliar territory that I'm kind of talking about today, but I think it's important that we address it so that we are mindful that as our children get older, that we might be able to help with some of these things so they don't have autistic burnout. So I'm going to read to you kind of what the definition of autistic burnout is. It's also known as autistic regression. And it happens in teens and adults. Uh, They report times when they can no longer cope. They might lose skills. They start acting or feeling more what they, you know, quote, autistic, can lead to conflicts in jobs and schools and even within their relationships. So increased stimming and speech difficulties may occur when they experience autistic burnout. Um, Chronic exhaustion is also really common. So uh, if it's... Not if it goes unnoticed, uh, some of the research is showing that it can lead to a permanent disability and even suicidal behavior. So last week when we talked about anxiety, it kind of led me into this this road about autistic burnout and and how that can all tie in to having kind of a sensory overload. So it's a high priority for autistic adults. I think that this is something that needs to be more researched, but very little is known about it. You can find a lot of information um, in blogs and uh, community uh, forums, uh, groups that kind of talk a little bit about autistic burnout. There's actually some really great blogs that I found, and I'll let you know who uh, those are in a moment. Um, of autistic adults talking about what their experiences have been with burnout. So um, it can be connected to stress or having to mask all the time. A lot of people on the spectrum, as they get older, they start to mask some of their sensory coping mechanisms, such as stemming or tippy-toe walking or... um, you know, moving, fidgeting a lot. And so when they're masking that all the time, it can cause them a high period of stress. They also, um, stresses from change. If they lose a, a, a provider, um, a change in the atmosphere, um, in their environment, uh, that can also set, set it off. And there's different types, apparently. There's a low-level, acute, and social burnout. So sometimes when they reach social burnout, they just don't even want to be around people. It's too overwhelming. And um, 
it, it, like I said, this is kind of an unknown territory for me. So I'm still learning about this myself, but I think that it's good to bring awareness to the table. So I'm going to read to you um, uh, a little excerpt from an article called The Autistic, uh, Autistic People Have a Voice, um, excuse me, a magazine. And it's called The Autistic Advocate. And this came from um, an autistic adult. This was her testimony about what she was experiencing. So I thought that this was very interesting. Uh, it says, she says, so this combination of stress, masking, social isolation, loss of an important support person, along with the overwhelming confusion of what's wrong with me, why I couldn't really connect with anyone, why people singled me out or played tricks tricks on me or used me, of what the hell was wrong with me and why I just kept hitting this wall over and over again. What w- excuse me, was what led me to crash and burn out. My physical body and mind started shutting down. I could feel each system in my body closing off as gravity got heavier than it had ever been. I didn't know what to do, did not understand what was happening to me. I had no way to communicate this. It was like a switch had gone off. My verbal ability to convey what was going on in my mind and body was gone. I did not want to die. I never wanted to die. I needed to step out. I needed to remove myself from the environment and take myself elsewhere. I needed to escape. But the only way I knew how to do that was to die. So I tried. And this is basically, you know, she's talking about obviously her suicidal attempt, but how this road of burnout happened and she was unsure of of what to do and what she was experiencing because this isn't something that's, that is talked about very often. And I thought that, again, that this is so interesting that I didn't even realize as a parent that this is such a thing. And so I researched what some of the signs and symptoms are, and I'm going to read to you just a few of these signs and symptoms. I mean, on my notes here, I have a laundry list of these signs and symptoms. And what's a little convoluted is that they kind of mirror depression a little bit. Um, and that that's also talked about is that it can mirror a little bit of signs of depression. So some of the signs and symptoms um, increase in irritability and increase in anxiety uh, oversensitivity to sensory information, um, a dramatic uh, decrease in sensitivity as well. So it could be a real high or a real low in um, in their sensory information intake system. Uh, a decrease in verbal language, uh, even in text language. So if they're if they use some sort of communication device, um, even a decrease in that. Uh, they can withdraw. Uh, severe meltdowns can occur, and a lot of times in adults, this looks and appears to be like a mental breakdown. So uh, that can happen. Slowing down of thought process, brain fog, memory loss, um, a feeling like your vision is getting tighter and narrower, forgetfulness, a massive increase in guilt, an increase in um, – what they call demand avoidance, which is an autism term, and uh, just mainly a decrease to effectively communicate what it is that you want, what your wants and needs are. So think about that as a human being, right? We all need to be able to communicate what our wants and needs are. So imagine not being able to communicate what your want and need is. Imagine feeling so stifled that you can't even say what that is, what you feel that it is that you need. 
Um, and it's kind of like if you think about it, you relate it to an infant, right? A baby cries and we go through the process of elimination trying to figure out what our child needs. They're hungry or they need sleep or they're – and after a while, you learn to kind of read those signs and symptoms. So that's the best way at least I know how to relate to it, at least from what I'm reading. Uh so there are a couple quick tips that I did find that you can do for something like this, uh, and it's still a little convoluted. So I would encourage you guys to research this. Look on blogs, read people's stories, take in information, and see what the perspective is about autistic burnout. Because like I said, it seems like there's quite a variance. But um, the first tip that you can do is accommodate the expectation, Now, when I say this, I'm not saying to lower your standards about a person's ability to achieve a goal. I believe that Drayson is 100% capable of achieving his goals. But sometimes we might need to be doing that in a different way. We might need to break it down in more steps. So accommodate the expectation. They should have the same opportunities as everybody else. It just might need to be executed differently. I found also some information about, um, it's called fitting in, where they talk about these needs being met, and they incorporated these into quick tips, which I thought would be super helpful. So uh, one of the basic adult needs for someone on the spectrum is is um, acceptance. Acceptance. And for them to feel like they have protection, like they're protected and they're in a safe space. To be around friends who get him or her who have an understanding of them. Education and awareness and advocacy are very, very important. Uh, Mentoring can help and even vocational training in a strength area. So if if there's a strength skill that can be enhanced, vocational training can help with that because you're giving them something that they can do that they enjoy doing. One thing that is super important is to never assume that their social skills will be learned in a classroom and will work outside of the classroom. We have to understand that academics is going to be different from from social life, right, outside of outside of school. So don't assume that social skills that they're learning in school are always going to translate outside of that. Um, do not underestimate how hard it is to be someone that you are are, are – are not neurologically meant to be. And I think that this is really hard for everybody. And I, you know, Drayson stems quite a bit. And when I go to the grocery store with him, we get stared at a lot. And I've learned to just kind of block it out. But it's funny sometimes to see the looks on people's faces because I don't think that they entirely understand what's going on. And he is, he is, the same as everybody else, but neurologically, he's going to act a little bit different. He's going to communicate differently. He has different wants and needs. And so I just try to, I've had to, that's been a struggle for me to try to overcome. So, um, and to not underestimate that, um, how hard it is for him. What's some, what seems simple to us is going to be 10 times harder for him to try to achieve. Um, assume, never assume that uh, neurotypical social skills are the only way to success and integration in our society. I think sometimes we have to think outside the box. We have to um, be more accepting. We have to be willing to know that maybe one way of communication is not the end-all be-all. And just because somebody communicates differently or reacts differently doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. 
Never underestimate the importance of um, like people and friends for social interactions, like having the, that social circle. Never underestimate that because a lot of times they don't exhibit social skills. Then the the perception is that they don't really need friends or they're okay being by themselves and they're just happy. Um, I... I had a conversation once with an autistic adult that told me that even though he doesn't show how important his relationships are, that that's everything to him. So don't underestimate how valuable those relationships are for somebody. And believe that don't believe that books always have the answer. I'm a big researcher. I love to read. I delve into the research. But also talk to people. Ask about autistic burnout on forums and talk to autistic adults. Read their blogs. Don't just conform to what's in the textbooks or in the research articles. So those are some of the quick tips that they were uh, giving in relation to this. And like I said, this is kind of a fairly new thing. I had never heard of it until recently, and in all my years that I've been doing things and researching things for Drayson, I had never heard of it before. So I encourage you to please learn more about this and to find things that are going to help your child now with coping mechanisms, helping them to understand what they can and can't do sometimes socially, when they might need a break, when they might need rest, and uh, and not to push too, too hard. It's important that we give them all of the tools and resources, but just like how we get tired from burning the candle at both ends, imagine how your child might feel if they have school and therapy and, um, you know, other appointments, doctor's appointments, and they, you know, Drayson has to work 10 times harder than another child that, that isn't on the spectrum. And we have hours per week of therapy. So on the weekends, when I just kind of let him have that time to de-escalate, I really try to do that because I can't keep pushing that on him all the time. He needs to have a break too. And I, my hope is that by doing that, it will lessen the chance of autistic burnout happening to him as he gets older. Because anxiety is so common with people on the spectrum, my hope is that he has the right coping mechanisms in place so that he can handle it. So I encourage you to do your research and and really look into that and learn more about it. So at the end of every episode, we want to do a story highlight to kind of celebrate those wonderful moments that we've had with our kids on the spectrum. Um, Maybe it's um, an inspirational story. Maybe it's a moment when you realize that your child was capable. But if you have a story that you would like to share with us, please email the show in at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. We'll review those stories and we'll let you know if we're going to end up reading one of your stories. But I'm going to tell you one of my most favorite stories about Drayson today. And um, it was when he was younger. He was in first grade, I believe. And he started singing. And I remember I had bought this big karaoke speaker with a microphone attached to it that you could Bluetooth music into. And I thought it would be fun if we just played around and put music on. And I left the micro- microphone just sitting on top of the the speaker, and I was playing. I you know I was playing music, and I was you know going around the house straightening up and cleaning, and um, I was streaming music. And the song from Justin Timberlake, um, I think it's can't can't stop the feeling or can't fight the feeling or something like that. Um, but Drayson grabbed the microphone and. 
realized that there was a switch on the side and turned on the microphone and started singing and sang the whole complete song. I think I still even have a recording of it. And if I do, I should I should try to dig that up and post it on uh, the on our social media because it is one of the cutest videos ever. But in that moment, he's singing and he's so focused on his singing that you wouldn't know or guess that he might be on the spectrum. The stemming stopped. Um, the tippy-toe walking stopped a little bit. And he he sang the whole entire song. And I remember thinking – he takes in a lot more than I realize, and he's totally capable. So since that moment, we started incorporating more music. I let him have his own song list. He he kind of rules the car when he's in the car with his music list. And uh, But what I've noticed is that one of his outlets was that he would sing. So he sang the whole entire song. And then he wanted me to repeat it, and he sang it again. I think he sang the song three times in a row. So I guess my golden nugget of information about that story is never underestimate your child. You just never know how they're going to surprise you or light you up or or realize that that they see things just differently and it's it's just a beautiful moment. So like I said, if you have a story that you'd like to share, please email the show in at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. This concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can also check us out on YouTube at Pieces for My Puzzle. If you like what you're hearing, please spread the word on your preferred podcast uh, provider of choice. Give us a good rating um, and spread the word to friends and family about uh, our podcast so that we can help create awareness and help the autism community as much as possible. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, Keep working on your puzzle and remember you don't have to have it all solved in a day. Thanks so much. Take care.